This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to this bonus episode of Pulp Kitchen. Welcome. We've not really done a bonus episode before. We've done spoiler episodes. We've done extra stuff. Extra stuff. But this is an official proper bonus episode. This entire episode is going to be about Richard Linklater's The Before Trilogy. Now, anyone who's been listening to the show for a long time will know that these films have come up in discussion a while, uh, for for a long time, on Mm -hmm. my behalf. James has not seen them. He had not seen them. And we found over the past year that I we would be talking about different topics and different films, but they kept, I kept wanting to bring them up because they were relevant for so many different reasons. So James very diligently and very kindly has gone away and done his homework and watched the films and much persistence from me. Okay. Uh, we're all, we're very busy. Oh, I appreciate delayed. you yeah. doing that. And so now, now James has seen these films, we can come together and, and talk about them in a spoiler way. So if you are listening to this and you haven't seen the before trilogy, you can keep listening if you want, but, there will be spoilers. Um, if you haven't, go away and listen to it and come back and have a deep discussion with us. Um, but what is the Before Trilogy? Why have I been banging on about it? What's, what's, what's the dealio? So, before, the Before Trilogy is Before Sunrise, Before Sunset, and Before Midnight. Before Sunrise was made in 1995, uh, Before Sunset in 2004, and Before Midnight in 2013. Now, it's each one directed by Richard Linklater and starring uh, Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy. The important thing to always point out when you're talking about the Before trilogy is that they, it was never intended to be a trilogy. They made the first one, and then only through the years later, they you know the cast and, and director stayed in contact. Thought, oh, what, what, what would you do if you want to? Should we actually return? To, and they returned with a sequel, and that was it. They did Before Sunset. And same thing again, nine years later, they thought, oh, actually, well, I wonder where we could pick up with, with that. And then they had the, 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 the third one. So, um, what uh, brief uh, description of the plot. Uh, Before Sunrise is, it obviously, it's, it, it's in contemporary period. It's in the mid-90s. You have a train going to, uh, from Budapest to Vienna, and you, we, the, the, the film opens with this uh, old couple, uh, you know, middle-aged couple, sorry, arguing on the train. And it causes Julie Delpy, who's there, who's young, early, early 20s, probably about 23, to move carriages. And she moves, she sits in this carriage uh, against the window. And across from her is Ethan Hawke, an American tourist, interrailing on his own around, around Europe. And they sort of uh, catch each other's eye and they sort of strike up a conversation. And uh, they end up spending the the remainder of the train ride together chatting. Now, um, Julie Delpy's character is going beyond Vienna. She's getting off somewhere else. I can't remember her final destination. Oh no, she's on the way to Budapest, sorry, to see her grandmother, I think. Right, okay. Sorry, I can't, yeah, yeah. I should remember it. Really, <laughs> <I don't>. um, <laughs> but they, she, they've had this really, uh, you know, a good few hours of conversation between them. And But they pull into to Vienna where Ethan Hawke is getting off. And as they're waiting in the station, um, Ethan Hawke comes back to her, Judy Delpy's character, who's called Celine. I'm sorry, I should call them their characters' names. Comes back to Celine, and Ethan Hawke plays Jesse. 
And Jesse says, listen, now this is kind of crazy, but look, um, I fly out of Vienna tomorrow and I've got nothing to do. I've got no plans. I'll just be on my own and I'll just be waiting for a flight to take off. And look, like, I know this is strange, but you and I, we've had a really good conversation. We've had like a really good connection. Uh, would you be interested in just getting off the train with me and just like hanging out with me for 24 hours before I have to catch my flight? And, you know, he says that, you know, if, I, if, I'm, if you really don't like it, you know, you can just get back on a train straight away. But like, and she's kind of intrigued and she's kind of, uh, you know, surprised. And she says, okay, sure, let me get my bag. And they get off the train. And so it begins Before Sunrise, a film uh, about those two together. Now we'll get to the other two films afterwards, but that is the, the vague setup. You have these sort of European set, dialogue heavy uh, films made between... Um, with the, with the same crew. And like the first film was written by Linklater and, and Kim Crison. And then the second one was Linklater, but also Delpy and Hawk writing as well in the same way in, in, in Before Midnight. Anyway, that's the kind of overview. That's what it is. And I, we've been wise to this episode because when we, we were talking about strange things, it could be about how uh, you as a viewer change your relationship with films over time or, or what, what a film has to do with dialogue or what it says about like relationships. And each time I'd have to go, well, actually, that reminds me of the before films. Anyway, that's the overview. We're going to get into it. But James, just just because well, you and I have not talked about it. You've just said to me, I've watched this. I've watched this now. Yeah, now um, as an overview, what do you want to tell me? How should, we, how should we go with this conversation? Should I be worried or? So I did watch them. Watched them, obviously, in order. I watched them with my partner. Yes. Which, again, perfect film. Absolutely. Perfect series of films to watch with your partner because you are engaging and watching them. Now I've seen all three. I'm like, this demands a rewatch, yes. which is really frustrating because now I've taken like, only like three months to watch them. But now I've come to the end of that. I'm like, well, now it's kind of like finishing the prestige. I need to now use everything that, yeah. how that's ended to reinforce what I now think of the beginning. Um, which is funny, like I said, because it was never intended to no. be a trilogy. And on that, it's, it's so clear. I would have loved to have been watching it in 95 and have the way these films end, which is kind of, you know, on yeah. a cliffhanger, I guess, right? Mm. Each one ends really ambiguously. Very ambiguously. And it's ambiguous, but also you take in your own idea of relationships and love, and that really informs whether or not you think X and Y will yes. happen. Um, and I would have loved to have had to wait I would have loved in to real have time. sat with yeah. it in real time. I've loved to have been at a different age and different periods of my life to have watched it. Yep. But, you know, here we are. Um, I think, you know, the first one, uh, it was interesting watching because I watched two and three quite closely together. Yeah. And it was interesting to see how differently those films look and feel. And I realized that obviously they're aware of the fact this has taken place over many, many different years. They're aware of the fact how storytelling has changed. One really felt like you were experiencing a memory. Yes. And the way in which it ends is so clearly trying to show you like the scrap pages of a memory and something mm. that's now going to endure forever. Even though you had your moment there, mm. that will still be there. I feel like the second one felt like something that could have happened to me a couple of years ago. Mm. The third one, felt like an argument I had last night. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It really felt mm. like it just, it, I think it's totally intentional. And I, I, I really enjoyed them okay, and I enjoyed right. talking about them. Yeah. And it was great to watch with my partner. And it was, it's another thing why I want to rewatch it is that a lot of the film is long, uncut dialogue. Yes. Scenes. Obviously what it's known for is it's incredible dialogue and they cover politics, yes. life, philosophy, true love, yeah. feminism, all of these different things. And we've actually made a joke to each other when we were about to watch the third. And it was like, oh God, I can't wait for uh, two hours for these two characters to somehow find ways to talk about the meaning of life. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. things in just like a very short window. Um, but um, yeah. yes, it's clearly got these very... Uh, 
uh, long dialogue scenes and there are long there are lots of points where it's a two shot and yeah. the film doesn't force you to look at one person for a very specific reason it's in a two shot and one time in the second film Talia goes to me which person are you watching and I said <gasps> yes. right now I'm watching Celine but I was watching is it Jesse. the taxi is it the taxi and, uh, it was okay, it was whatever. both yeah. it was actually yeah. both it was actually just walking through yeah. Paris and I was like I'm watching Celine at the moment because what I think is brilliant about this film is that you could easily, you get very distracted watching one person mm. because yes, you want to see the way that they deliver the lines, yes. but the way they receive yes. the other person lines yes. is just as deep and just as interesting. But because I'm watching yes. Jesse for this period, yes. I feel like I'm missing out on Celine and vice versa. Well, hence why I need a rewatch. Brilliant. I, I mean, I love that. First, so I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad you clearly understood. Yes, you, can you understand Richard. why I wanted you to watch yes, them? Yes, of course, right. yeah. And that comes on to a point I'll probably talk more about later, which is that like, in terms of why these films are inherently cinematic to me, like cinema is often often thought about blowing things up big. Mm. Nolan-esque, Kubrick-esque, let's yeah. take something and spectacle. spectacle and I totally yeah. get that. But film similarly can equally be a microscope. And I mm. feel like with this, these films show is that you Even can- Even in romance as well, you can yes, make spectacle. You can for deadly focus on what you pick up on and magnify mm. is the minute details of, of a human experience. How that makes you feel. So let's begin with Before Sunrise then. So yes, like I said, okay, so it's, it's the summer of, uh, of 94, they say. It comes out in, in, in 95. And oh, sorry. This year, I felt like I did the unofficial Before tour because I did Vienna. Yeah. I did Paris with my girlfriend. And then I, I kind of did Catalonia, which is sort of yeah. Greece, which are really similar. So there I you like go. I danced. It was <laughs> I saw the streets in Paris that they had walked. I'd literally done. So like yeah. when you, that cafe by the Shakespeare book company, yeah. we had had a coffee there and then walked down. And then the park they walked through, I'd walked Brilliant. down. Anyway, sorry. Okay, blow so but like I said, Before Sunrise, so Jesse and Celine, they get off the train yeah. and they start talking. And like you said, they're talking about um, love, romance, masculinity, death, femininity, gender, just a huge wide so range a of lot. like ethnic They cover a comic amount yeah. of, the, of um, stuff. And you know, the, it, the conversation moves. There, there's an extended uh, scene where they're in, in a tram and it, the yeah. camera's just fixed and they have this long conversation about like, you know, um, Jesse's very, uh, his character always is thinking about very big ideas about like yeah. how you can divide a soul and like big thinking. Whereas um, Celine's interested in like smaller observations and uh, um, about, you know, relationships and stuff and uh, and people. Anyway, and you get these moments. I mean, uh, there are scenes in the first, the first one I think stands out as the most like just conventionally romantic. Yes. Right? And you have... Um, uh, you know, there's a bit where they like walk past a, a street poet and they, mm. so there's this, this is what's great. You have this conventionally romantic scene where you walk past a street poet says, oh, I'll write a poem for you or whatever. And uh, uh, Celine, you know, gives him a word and he does that. And then, but what's interesting is afterwards you get the classic uh, cynical American against the sort of romantic European between them. Like, oh, he just is yeah. a structure. He just writes the poem. And the funny thing is about Jesse in Before Sunrise is that like, he is, I think intentionally and almost like affectionately obnoxious. Mm. There's a part of him when I'm like, thing is i liked him more as he grew up yes me too but i'm like but his obnoxiousness is so tied to his age at that point yeah and i like the fact that uh yes he's sort of like very intelligent but slightly cynical and and a bit uh, brash as an american but he's then completely dumbfounded by this like this european angel that Mm. celine represents almost like a male fantasy on the verge of male fantasy figure like go to europe and find someone like that but for her as well celine is like incredibly intelligent almost like hyper almost um 
bordering on neurotic, but not neurotic, but like, you know, mm. she's so gets, she, she's angry and frustrated and like she gets pressure from her parents and Jesse to her. political. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Really but uh, Jesse to her represents this kind of like, he's free from the kind of almost conservatism, conservatism yes. of, of, of like her French upbringing. Um, so look, I mean, there's some scenes that are great. There's the Ferris wheel scene. I loved, um, did you like the, the, the listening booth scene in, yes, in the yeah, first yeah. one? The, that bit where they go and it's completely silent and they're looking at each other for uh, a moment to, to like, you know, they play that song and it's all about like, come here, like kiss mm. me. And they're trying to catch each other eye, but they keep looking away at the, at the wrong time. So Jesse will look at Celine and then just as he looks back, she looks back at him, he'll Classic look away. Yeah. And it's just like this palpable, like romantic tension, mm. right? Um, is there any moments in the first one that you want it, that you that struck you that you want to pull out? Like the I really like the pinball scene when they're mm. both like taking turns, like just trading and overlapping all of these all of these different moments in time. The uh, the tram especially mm. like coming through coming through that and uh, yeah, it's like J- Jesse in in the first one. I think as you said, like he grew on me more as a character, becomes quite sympathetic in the last one. Mm. But in the first one, he's so like a young puppy of like trying to try all these new things and he's full of big ideas. And he doesn't really know about how much that could offend people. And it's interesting to contrast it with the second one where he's much more like, oh, I don't want to reveal that. Yes. and, and vulnerable. Vulnerable. He's so almost overconfident. He becomes more tragic. Because because the events have a, have a toll on him of what happens. Yes, yeah. yeah. And then she literally talks about like the frown lines in his face yes. in number two. And it's like, oh, it's interesting. Like mm. you look different from that. Um, specific moments in the I, I mean, I'll, I'll just say that what the first one sets up and all the films do is that there's the running theme of these films is about time. Mm. And if you had to sum up what these three films are about, apart from being about love and relationships, it's about the ephemerality of life. Yeah. about how nothing is ever permanent, everything is transitory, nothing is fixed. And you have, in a trilogy that spans 20 years, each film is like hyper-fixed to one specific time frame. I mean, the second one in particular plays out basically in real time. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> there's almost no, there's no time gap between the scenes. It's like You're, two hours, almost two hours of like just, just, live yeah, conversation. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, though, it's worth saying, these films are... The first, uh, number two is about 82 minutes yes, long. Yeah, and then the uh, first one's 90 minutes, the second one's about 100, I think. Um but, um, and then, so in the first one, this, this, they start to develop this theme and it's obviously like, they know if they've got this countdown until Jesse yeah. has to leave in the morning. And Celine talks about how she looks at her life like it's a memory from her uh, older years. And, and when Jesse convinces Celine to get off the train, he says like, I'm a time traveler. I've, I've come back from the future when you're old and married. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I want to tell you that you should get off the train. And, um, and then there's the bit towards as dawn is breaking, Be- Vienna looking beautiful as the as the mm. as the dawn rises. Stunning. And uh, Jesse quotes that W. H. Auden poem about like how time is just fleeting. So there's this undercurrent of like tragedy, the tragedy of time, but the beauty of time. And it's not as much of an time. issue for them in the beginning, but when they come back nine years later and they have technically oh. lost time, there, there's yeah. so many incredible yeah. clo- quotes which come really relevant, uh, very relevant to me now. I'm like in my late 20s, which I know isn't old, but like, you yes. know, time has passed. There are so many good quotes, but there's one of my favorites, which is, is this I guess- this number two, is it? I think this is number two, which is, I guess when you're young, you just believe there'll be many people with whom you'll connect with. Later in life, you realize it only happens a few times. Yeah. And it's that idea that like, oh, you know, I won't say yes to go into the pub with my friends. I can go any week. But sometimes like yeah. someone leaves or someone moves or someone dies. Yeah. And I'm like, actually, if you count on a hand, I only had like five more times to ever go to the pub with that person when I said I didn't want yeah. to go. And it's so true of life. And it's one of those, one of those things that when you, now, because they're losing time and in the third one, when they've lost time and they're like having that argument about where they should be and yeah. who they should be and what they should do, it, it, it just... Um, yeah. 
it really uh, captures something that I don't think a lot of films have. Mm. I mean, um, just a just a bit more on the first one is that uh, a scene I love is the uh, obviously the famous um, the fake call they do in the yeah, yeah. they they cut to this. It's not a diner, obviously it's a Vinny's cafe, but very late in the night, early morning. And there's a brief moment where, so Jesse and Selena sat in this booth, but they cut away to other people in the cafe. And it's like this hint that everyone else is having their own story that night. Yeah, yeah. And it's there's a brief, one. really funny moment where they, they go on to like an American couple and you just hear the guy say, I mean, you just wouldn't get the service in America. It's yeah. unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <I> <laughs> it's really funny. And then you cut back and Jesse and Selena do this thing where they say, you know, like, if you had to call your roommate or your best friend about the, the journey you've had, what would it be like? And they do this like improv bit where they call a fake call and they're like, ting, ting. And uh, that's just really playful. And you, you, when you mentioned the word about Jesse being a puppy, that kind of like playfulness mm. is really in there. And, and Celine is very cat-like actually. Yeah, very cat-like. And, yeah. like, and then she literally has a cat in the second one. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> there's this feline coyness to her that like, she likes to be played with. She thinks she's like, she likes to be loved. Mm. And this is the thing she talks about in the second one, even though she's so confident, she, you know, she absolutely wants to be an independent person, mm. but she, she's like Joe March and Little Women. She doesn't want to, but she doesn't want to be alone. She wants to be really loved. relevant in the third one. Um, yeah. So, and then before Sunrise, yeah. So it, it's conventionally romantic and there's a bit towards the end I love where they show all the spaces they've been in. Yes. But now that they're empty and again, it's the idea of like transitory and transientness and like passing through. The endure, like also like a location enduring beyond your lifetime. Oh, yeah. But the memories that people have there for some people. Yeah. I mean, a really unassuming back road you would look at and be like, well, that's just an unassuming yes. side road. But to someone, that little bench where you had that conversation or that place that yeah. you sat means the world to you. And uh, just before I forget, there's an interesting... Like, don't know what this means but there's an interesting detail in each one where in the first one they go to the graveyard and there's a rabbit in the corner they go oh look there's a rabbit oh, and then yeah. in the second one when it's with jesse's uh celine's apartment she's like oh here's my kitty i love my kitty and in the third one there's like a dog or something they see walk and goes oh look there's a dog i don't know what it means but there's always like animal. an animal just <laughs> yeah. out of shot oh, look, an animal. <laughs> yeah. anyway so then before sunrise ends and it's like yeah like you've got this the beauty of time and the tragedy of time that they've had this beautiful moment and beautiful 24 hours and you know they've they've kissed and they, they they've um uh, well it's, it's unsure what they've done but we later find in the second one that they they, they slept together twice um twice yeah exactly um <laughs> But you get beautiful romantic and they're, they're just completely uh, in love with each other. But they have to go and they're, they're at the train station. And, I, and this is when this I was like- height of romance. Yeah, like, you're like, Jesus, train platform, this like brief encounter. Mm. I'm like, I'm, and you're getting that tension. And they're like, and Jesse says, well, look, look, let's, this let's, connection is special. Yeah, what do we do? Is, what do we do? And they said like, let's, let's just meet back here in six months. If we still feel the same way, let's meet mm. back here in six months and we'll do it. And it's the, it's the first time they spoke about this idea. And then, then they kiss and they say goodbye and, 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 and Celine gets on the train. And she sits down and Jesse goes back and you get these like counter shots of Jesse, um, Jesse on the bus to the airport and Celine on the train away. And like you say, it's this kind of idea that was that all a dream? Mm. Was and that's that the most grand, grand romantic style sweeping part of the yes. whole series. Well, the, and, yeah, and exactly. it's pretty like, what's your Instagram handle? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, oh, that, it, it could only have happened. At that which becomes relevant in, in the third one yes, when they're yeah. confronted with the younger couple. Why do we exchange information? Like, yes. why do we do that? So um, you're right. You, and the, the, the films are not marked by like sweeping grandeur of romance, right? Are they? No, no, yeah. not at all. I mean, it will go on. They become more and more real, realistic. But on that ending, when you've got films or stories that end like that, I'm almost like, well, God damn it, they made another one. I'm yeah. so glad they did because yeah. it's fantastic. But I'm almost like... Check, uh, going back to that plot because you, you finish that and you turn to your friend you saw it with and you go 
God, I wonder what's going to happen. And you go, oh, well, they'll meet up. And you go, well, hang on, like life gets in the way. Yeah. You might go, I don't think they'll meet up. They're not right for each other. What do you mean? They're perfect for each other. It's fleeting moment. I'm like, yeah, but when you're young, you meet people and you yeah. probably will. And you can have that conversation. Obviously, I knew there was going to be two and three. Yeah. But when you do that to a story and you leave on that note and you leave it open to the audience, by making another one, you inherently take something special away from that film. Of course, mm. you can watch it and you can go, you can go, oh, I love that ending. And like, you, you can still I see wonder. What you mean. Particularly the second and the third one. Well, and it's although, not a criticism. I'm no. just saying, like, the way that stories end like that, that you do, something is lost from the mystery. And I would have loved, as I said, to have been there in 95 yeah. and to have just sat with it and not knowing they were going to make another one. I mean, I, I, I see what you mean. Like, that's why when I was telling you to watch these, I was like, don't read up about the third one yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. I was like, you don't look at what that is because mm. it will kind of spoil it in a way. Yes. Um, so, yeah, before Sunrise ends and... Uh, and yeah, and it's this moment. And, you know, there is a parallel universe where that is the only film they made of this series. And people yeah. look back and go, well, that was a nice film, very romantic and, and, and different. And the, the poster for the first one, yeah. also a byproduct of the 90s, but it's sepia, sweeping yeah. Vienna Cathedral yeah. in the background, lying in each other's arms. And it's so glossy and romantic yes. and, and shiny. And you look at the, yeah. the new ones and it's different. Um, Shot so there you, you kind of get like, it's like a romantic, but very like, it's not a rom, it's a, it's a, it's a intellectually, you, you feel kind of nourished, intellectually because you feel like you've had a good conversation when i was when i was 20 when i first watched this i was like i just want to join in their conversation yes, i just want yeah. part of it um and then you have this time gap as well and then so that was before sunrise and then like i said nine years later they come back with before sunset mm -hmm. which i if i had to pick personally is my favorite me too of the of yeah of, of them all because of the architecture it makes in the trilogy mm. and um well, so the, before, fi the final like 10 minutes, I also think is just brilliant. Yeah, we'll, yeah. Get, we'll get to it. So before sunset, it's nine years later. And Jesse, who um, had, had talked about in the first one as being, he wanted to be a writer. And it's clear that Jesse's creative. And in fact, in each one of the films, there's a bit at the beginning where Jesse talks about an idea he has. Mm. In the first one, he talks about the videotapes. <laughs> he goes, yeah, I, 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 I had this idea. You, you ever thought about that? Yeah. Right? Um, he always talks about an idea of, um, uh, of, of, uh, uh, you know, the first one's about videotapes and the second one it's about uh, an idea he has for a book and then the third one it's about another idea he has. And also, sorry, the he talks about in the first one about the ghost of his grandmother or something and then like his yes. other grandmother dies. Anyway, yeah. Um, so before Sunset begins and Jesse has actually become a writer. He has actually gone and written, and guess what? He's written a book about his experience in Before Sunrise called This Time. Which makes sense because it's the most romantic idea and he's like explored it and yes. unpacked it. Like you, you're writing a book about two and three would be completely and, different types of things. Uh, yeah. Um, and so uh, the film opens and Jesse is in the Shakespeare and Company bookstore. Uh, Par Parisian, Cafe. yeah, where James Opposite Joyce- Notre Dame. And people put it, where, that's where James Joyce's Ulysses first went on uh, sale. And that's another that sort of, perambulating, walking kind of story that, anyway. Didn't go in this year, queues were like round the corner. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah, I really want to go. Anyway, so, um, and he's giving a talk there and he's talking about his book and, and he's being interviewed by the, the French press. And this happens for like five minutes. And as he's talking, he just looks to his side and Celine is stood like off the wings of the, behind some of the bookshelves, just looking at him and smiling. And he's, uh, sort of dumbstruck and, and, and in this time by the way we've had little flashbacks of before sunrise flash up yes, on the screen yeah. and then so the, the crowds disperse and straight away the guy says to him you've got to catch a plane remember and like and he's like yeah yeah, yeah. but like, give me the driver's number and stuff and one thing that one thing i really love about this 
this film is how tense it is actually for, mm. for me I, and it, it almost Towards becomes unbearable end, yeah. yeah so you're the clock is set from the beginning like you have to catch much in real time it takes place over like yeah. two hours he's, on the, take, he's yeah. on the end of this book tour and he has to fly back to the US and he's been told like your flight leaves soon he says okay but give me the driver's number I've got a bit of time right like, yes you've got a bit of time but you need to anyway and he goes over and speaks to okay. Celine and like Hey, and it's the first time, well, you're aware that they're speaking to each other. And yeah, it's the first time they spoke. Do, do you know, for a split second when that happened, yeah. I was almost like, is this, is this even happening? I yes, wondered yes. for a very brief, like 20 minute period. I was like, is this just now like his, what would be Jesse's dream that in the successful signing, yeah. you know, press for his book, the woman he's been obsessing about for that many yes. years turns up. I was like, yeah. am I, is this yes. all in his head or is he writing his fantasy sequel and, that hasn't happened But this yet? is why the, the plot of the second one is really interesting because I think the tagline was, what if you got a second chance with the one that got away? Right. And it is like this almost miracle moment, Yeah, but it's a test. It's like a biblical test where it's like, here you go. Here's that mm. person you've been talking about, thinking about for nine years, but you've got 90 minutes to, do to, it. to, to decide whether it's... And so they get talking and... He sort of said, hey, hello, um, let's go for coffee. And it's, it's awkward the, the way, at first, yeah, right? yeah, but it's awkward, but also the way they look at each other is so like complex in there because they have great affection. They're full of memories for each other. So they, much unsaid. So There's the awkwardness over like, you know, who who went, who didn't, yes, why yes. didn't so you very go? very quickly, yeah, um, Celine says, <clears throat> oh, um, it, yeah, it, it transpires that Jesse did go. Yeah, but you didn't admit it, it at first. Yeah, um, and Celine did. And, and he's like, no, no, I didn't. I'm so glad we both didn't, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then they were like, they, they, they're like, why didn't we exchange phone numbers? And they say, yeah, we were so stupid and young. <laughs> yeah. why it's we... kind of addressing a plot hole in the yes. first one. But, but, then, but, they, like... but then they do say this, like, it maybe it would have fizzled out if we'd yeah. written to each other, which is a, you know, a legitimate thing. Um, and but they yes, but the way they look, there's this, there's a clear attraction, there's a clear chemistry. But yeah, there's the awkwardness of the time difference that they, they, they didn't see each other. There's the awkwardness quite early on that um, they, well, they go to a cafe and they have the, like a classic Jesse and Celine conversation. They catch up, and as you mm. say, she says, "You've got a wrinkle in your thing," and, yeah. and look older. And he, you're right, Jesse's different now. He's so more, different, slightly more timid, slightly jaded. I think Skin, by the fact unhappy that, marriage. He's well, had that's a kid. It. We, we, we realize he's married. Yeah, and he's got a kid which he loves, but yeah. he's. He's longing. He's yeah. longing for this thing that happened in the past, which we unpack in the third one as might be a product of a male fantasy of you've lost this ideal in the past, right? You got married as kind of like a happenstance. And I think also like conservative American ideas over marriage yes. and like settling down might have affected him and she represents the opposite of that. Yes, yes. And um, so he's sort of like unhappily married, um, but he's got the son that he loves, but yeah, he's tired. And and he the way that that cafe scene at the beginning happens and she's like bright and spiky. She's like really happy. She's, mm. she's killing it in her career. Completely fell in love with her. Um, yeah. <laughs> I know. Possible not to. And the way that he like looks at her, it's it's so beautiful because he's you can tell he just absolutely adores her. Yeah, and he cannot believe she's there. And he says like, "Can you believe it was nine years ago we were walking around with each other and you're 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 there in front of me?" Um, And they're like straight back into it about like you know what have you been doing and where are you working? And she's doing really exciting stuff with like humanitarian work, which makes so much sense for her. Of course, you're doing that. And um, yeah, and then and then so proceeds, and they say, well, she's like having. They finish the cafe, and she says, well, again, but haven't you got a flight to catch? She says, yeah, yeah, no, but I want to keep yeah, talking to you. Fine, we can go. And so begins the classic before trade of they they walk around the city and they mm. walk they walk and perambulate and talk and and again it's the idea of time. Jesse says, but this is real. This is happening right now. My God, tell me about you. What, yeah, yeah. What's going on? And and you know, the dream logic thing again is is this a dream? And mm. they, they 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 chat with each other. It's a little bit flirtatious and. And then there's an awkward increased, physical moment where well, Jesse, on the park like, bench, on the park bench yes. kind of misreads the situation at some point. Yeah, and he also like they start to talk briefly about sex a little bit. And it's like yeah, and she would... she does like 
kind of typical woman thing, right? Where she like denies the fact that they had sex yes. at first. Because she's she, like, what do you mean? You don't remember that? Because obviously she's, she's, uh, um, uh, she's, um, read his book. She's aware that his book, and so something that happened to her has now been fictionalized and put out there for other people to read. His voice and not yeah, hers. Not, so she says, well, I don't, I don't agree with your perspective that, you know, we didn't sleep together. And he's like, yeah, my, my God, we did. And then obviously she realized, she comes out later and says, yes, we slept together twice. Um, but increasingly, it be- starts to begin when they're on the, 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 Notre, the barge along the Seine yeah. and they go past Notre Dame. And the, the conversation is almost getting a little bit tense. They're not just because we are aware that Jesse's got to catch this, this flight, but it's like, you're aware of Jesse's desperation that, that that his life is not happening as it should. And you're aware of her. She's had some flawed relationships that have that yeah. like failed away and, and she, she, she's, she's still single. And then there's my, like my favorite scene in it. I, I, I like, I remember the last time I watched it, which was a uh, Somerset house and they did a double bill and it was like nice. pissing down the rain. And, then, and it got to this scene where they get in a taxi together and it like spills over into this basic, basically an argument. And I find it so uncomfortable that my girlfriend could tell mm. she has to like tap me on the leg and be it's like, it's okay. <laughs> because you've got these people that like, they care for each other so much. And she, she, she's like, she's like, you wrote this book about me and how, how dare you? And like all these men, yeah. they keep having relationships and, and moving on from me. And like, I'm, I'm so annoyed. And like, like how could you? And, and she basically admits like, yes, I have thought about you as well. Like yeah. obviously. And he says like, I have these dreams about you where like I, 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 I you know, I see your face going by in a train and then I wake up sobbing and um, you're just aware like, the, the tragedy like and, oh my god these two the, people who a are great together. moment where he's like you know what? i swear to god i was in new york and i really thought i saw you and i almost like stopped the car and then you realize that she actually did was yeah. in new york for like a period of, i think it's like one or two years yes and it's just like jesse's just like you know he doesn't say it but he knows his head he's like oh fuck like we were in the same yeah. place and in, in the same city yeah. for a period of time yeah uh, i love and, that and, idea. and he says as well on the, again he brings it up on the on the barge where he's like why weren't you there in Vienna? Why yeah, couldn't you why been there? I mean, she, she couldn't go because the, grand, the grandmother that she was visiting dies. So she had to spend time yeah. with her. And, and sorry, she, the idea of her disliking the way that she's been betrayed comes up again in the third yes, one. Very, very she's asked her, someone's like, we'll get to it. Like, oh, you know, you, you wrote this, I love your books. Oh my God, are you her? Are yeah. you the Celine? Would you mind signing this too? And she feels really awful, yes. like signing it and validating this interpretation which feels yeah. true to herself. Um, and then, yeah, and then the scene in the cab I love, and there's this moment which someone put together in a GIF, which I love where, um, you know, he, uh, Jesse is like saying, look, I'm, you know, I'm sorry, like, I, yeah, but I have these dreams, I really care for you. And she like tenderly like tries to reach for his, to stroke his hair, but she doesn't quite do it. She pulls back and it mimics exact scene. It's shot in the exact same way from the first one there. Mm. Uh, Jesse goes to stroke her hair when they're on the tram in, in Vienna. Yes, yeah, yeah. And, um, and then you arrive at, and they kind of they kind of clear the air and it's fine, and 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 they and like she's like yeah she admits that they did sleep together and like they clearly have thought about each other. So then you just have this thing in the air that like these two people care about each other. They're have so glad to each other, have this connection, and like this is now like the driver's like calling him like you have to go to the airport. And, and it's it's not an obvious connection like they're the same person and they're so similar because that would be too obvious or yeah. too like much of a trope of romance. The fact is that they are like yin and yang and they disagree on so much yeah. but like it's the fact that they are so enriched by each other yes. is what yeah. makes the connection special i also think the fact that jesse is married is such a clever 
narrative decision because it means you are conflicted as an yes. audience. You can't be like, awkward, just go with that. It's like, yeah. oh, but you, you have commitment because life gets in the way. It would have been easy to be like, I was married, but she died of yes. cancer. Yeah. And now I'm alone yeah. thinking of our time. It's yeah. No, it's awkward. He, and he, you know, he has his love for his son to come first. And they arrive at Jesse's apartment and she's mentioned that she plays guitar. And he says, look, He's got the driver there. He says, would you just, can I, can what, I, where can do you I, live? Yeah. 14th? Okay, yeah, we can take care of, that's yeah, fine. Let's can, just, and we'll, we'll go up, uh, yeah, oh yeah, so it's not the cab, it's the driver that yeah, drives yeah. Here, isn't it? Because um, then they're in his, yeah. yeah in his and, 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 then they, and then they say, yeah, let's, um, he, she says, oh, I'll, I'll take you upstairs. I'll take you on the way. Play, yeah. play, play one song. I knew it was like when she said, it's like, no, no, I'll walk you up. And yeah, the I'll cab walk. driver knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but there's a bit as well when they get out when like, she hugs him and just says, hey, look, you know, you're going to go soon. And like, I just wanted to hug you. And, and like the way he, his face is like, he just doesn't want the hug to stop. Yeah. And eventually she says, okay, I'll come and play you one song, but you have to get this play. And he's like, yeah, 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 sure, sure. And they walk up the stairs and it's dead silence. For me, that was exact callback to like the, the listening booth scene, yeah, the first yeah. one of this sexual tension. And it's not uncomfortable necessarily, but it's just, Unspoken, it's very no pregnant. Kind of yeah. what's going to happen. Um, as you said, the tension to that point, I'm like, he's not fucking getting back in that cab. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he's not catching that. I'm like, well, depends on how you think yeah, about of course, it. But... Yeah. And then they go up to her apartment. Can we just talk about the apartment? I know. Oh this my gorgeous God. boho Parisian <laughs> we apartment. We paused it. We had, we're like, oh my God. Look at all that like slate art. Like yeah. the, the book stacked high with like a cup of tea on yeah. it. Adored it. So no, TV. Yeah. no TV. No um, TV. Love And it. then... So they put on, you know, they talk about music. They, she makes some tea and, and she plays a song. She's like, okay, I did write a song. And I, mm. I said, you said one song. And then she plays him the song and she's written a song about him. Yes. In the same way that he wrote a book. Yeah. And you almost get, like I said, you know, she's been very coy and like feline and holding back. And in this final bit of this, the film, she, had, she, in this song, in her own Celine way, admits that, yeah, like she, he meant a lot to her. Mm. And he thinks, you know, uh, let me tell you about this night uh, with, with you, Jesse. And it ends, and then like Jesse's like got this, he's like beaming. He literally cannot stop. He cannot he's like, like, oh my god. Yeah. Like, and she says, okay, do you want to make some tea? And then they put Frank, um, um, Nina Simone on the talk. She kind of drops like, you're probably not getting on that plane. No, that's, then, that's the final line. No, so, I know, but yeah. she says it a little bit before. Oh, I does think. She? Yeah. And then she says it again when she's dancing, and she's like, oh, I love it. You're not getting on yeah. that plane. <laughs> and like he's just watching her, and she's just dancing and talking about unrelated stuff about Nina Simone. Again, it would have been too obvious to have shown them having sex or like yeah. get, get, like collapsing to but, each other's but arms. I, but when I first watched, it, I thought that was an ambiguous. I, I still didn't think. I was like, "What is happening? Like, yeah. what's going?" And because it, it ends so abruptly, it just goes, "Baby." Again, I was still towards that point, being like, "This someone's going to tap Jesse on the shoulder and be like." Come on, and he's got yeah. to stop writing his perfect reenact. It was almost, I was almost wondering, I was like, do I, do I criticize this for being a male power fantasy? No, because it's, it's earned its, yeah. it's earned itself in conversation. But I was like, it, it, do, it did feel dream. Like, that's the second one. Feel like that. The first one feels like a memory. The second one feels like, like a dream. dream fantasy. And the, the third, third one, one is reality. It's a, it's a reality. It's an argument. And, and the way you remember the third one feels like it's an argument. Yeah. I could have had the night before. But so, anyway. so yes, yeah, so just to clear, the second one ends, and she just says. You're Baby, gonna, you yeah. are gonna miss that play. And he goes, I know. And she's kind of like dancing. And it just really fades hot, to black. And I like, I love that as an ending. And it's just like such a great ending. You know, and I've, I, I know people who have, well, one of my friends watched that one first. And I said, why did you do that? He said, you know what? I don't know why, but he said, I loved it. I went back and watched the first one. But yeah. like, and, that, and so it's um, before sunset. And uh, we I, were so excited to watch. Well, when that finished, we were both like, oh, we have to watch three. Yes. I cannot wait to just, because again, 
something special is taken. I'm not criticizing this. I'm saying like it's just an inherent thing in storytelling. The power of leaving that unspoken is, mm. is more enriching to me. Like, so I think it was two weeks from yeah. when we watched the third one. It was almost like we were still talking about it for days and days. And there's something really powerful about like not knowing. I know there's a third film, yeah. but you inherently take something away when you make it. I can still go and watch two now and enjoy that ending for all the reasons yeah. we said. But there is something about if you had just left it. Yeah. I love that there's a third one. Yes. I love there to be a fourth one. I know they're not. But yeah. Like it's it's that the way they end their stories is just really powerful. Again, the third one ends differently, which we'll talk about. Um, and but yeah, so so I, just on the second, I, I think for me it's my favorite because I love the real time tension. I love that like I said that that whole scene in the car. I just love this. Like oh my god, but you've got to get on a plane. But you two love it. I just I, I, so, what, what a so way to make a romantic spectacle without doing a romantic spectacle. Like yeah. you've you've just had a conversation which structure is really similar. They talk about a lot of the same things, but from yeah. a new perspective. But that that just walking up the stairs quietly and getting into the apartment felt like the guy running after yes. running through the terminal. Yes, it felt as um, tense and it was having my heart beating in just the same yes. effect as like the end of Love Actually because it's relative. Yeah, yeah, totally together. So it ends brilliantly. And for a long time, that was it. It was just before sunrise and before sunset. And you had a lovely, um, uh, you know, uh, double bill there. Mm-hmm. And then you get the third and I think final. I actually, we'll, we'll talk about this, but I, I hope final uh, one of the, of the trilogy. It would work as a final. Yes, which is Before Midnight. And Before Midnight picks up again nine years later and it's set in Greece. And of the first five minutes, I mean, because I really didn't want to know yeah, I, again, like yeah, I didn't want to look at the third one too much. It begins and it's we're in Greece, and it's Jesse talking with his son, who he mentioned Henry. Mm-hmm. So Henry was four in the process, and now he's like thirteen, fourteen. And at the airport, Henry's flying back to the US on his own. Uh, you know, um, and he's saying goodbye, and they have this chat at the airport. They're talking about like life, and then he says goodbye. And it's already early on. It's only five minutes in, but it's like this really sad bit where he has to see his son go. Yeah, Bye. it's like longing for connection. And <sighs> yeah, sad. and he's sad. And also like, you know, there's the, there's the male thing. Like obviously Jesse sees a part of his young self in, yeah. in his son. And then Jesse walks outside. All this time I'm thinking, yeah, but where the fuck is Celine? Okay, are you guys <laughs> together or what? <laughs> and he walks outside and Celine is there. And in the back of the car, they're two twins. Mm-hmm. They have together. So you're like, okay, we're nine years later. a really huge smile on your face because you're like, ah, yeah. everything. Also, can I just say that before midnight opens in... Uh, <laughs> It's in that is filmed in Kalamata Airport, right? Yeah. Look, I love the before films. I've I had been to Kalamata Airport twice before I realized that it was used in that film. Oh when I rewatched God. it, it was like Kalamata. I was like, oh my, I've fucking been there. <laughs> You're like Leonard Cohen. Like, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so then they they and you know, uh, although not as confined to a geographical location as like the, the first two, it's you still get the long extended periods of conversation. But it's instead like of weekend, a, really. Two yeah, days. maybe two nights. Yeah. Um, you have, um, instead of them walking, talking, the first 15 minutes of them driving and talking. Mm. And they're talking about Je- uh, Celine's career and, and Jesse's career. And Jesse, uh, you know, is, is conf- always conflicted about his son. He wishes he was there more. And the, and the idea, the specter of maybe going back to America is sort of looming, is the looming of that, yeah. and which Celine is not comfortable about. There's You get hints of tension, which comes out later, about... Um, what uh, how uh, Henry's mother views Celine, and obviously mm. what happened. What we're told later is that after before sunset, after it faded to black, they just fucking you know slept with each other for like two days yeah, straight. Yeah. And yeah, he left his wife and had this massive affair and and started a new Moved life, away a family, from America, away Moved from away. his son, and um, and they're staying at uh, like a, a 
the the home of a professor yeah. or a writer. Writer in literature. Yeah. yeah. And so the first, you know, third, you get typical before stuff. You have Jesse, like I said, pitching an idea he has for a book about, which again is about, I think, memory or, or some like people with selective traits. I can't quite remember. And you have this dinner scene, um, which is really interesting because you have older people there, mm. like this professor and young his friend. Love. And you have this young love. And there's this bit where- and they're a couple th- to compare us with as well. There's this young couple uh, who, uh, you know, from different locations, they've fallen in love. Very reminiscent of Jesse and Celine in Before Sunrise. And yeah. Jesse and Celine can tell this as well. And they say like, how do you stay in touch? And they talk about Skype, right? And they talk about, oh, how I fall asleep yeah. with Skype there. And you just get this, you, 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 you sense that Jesse and Celine are aware of like, oh, we're born in the wrong era. You know, mm-hmm. our relationship- how different would our relationship have turned out if we had Skype, you know, or been able to communicate so directly? I'm mean, like, that's right, that idea that Jesse says at the beginning of Before Sunrise about the videotapes, you know, sending them all around the world, mm. like how outdated that was. And they really harbor their pain of memory and lost time onto their children. Like Jesse obviously wants his son to have the best time and spend time with his son. And there's this moment where the twins are in the car and they're sleeping and they're like, there's this, there are these huge, huge ruins that yes. they promised they'd wake them up for. But it's like, should we? And it's like, yeah, well, they're never going to see it again. And they, well, no, just let them sleep and have a good holiday. No, but like, we should, yeah. we should kind of like show them there's this funny joke when they wake up and they lie about it like oh we, they were closed but there is that you can tell they're like adopting their neuroses uh, sorry yeah. bringing their neuroses onto their children and how they feel about it but the interesting thing about so that, sorry they have this um uh, dinner and uh so there's that but also there's this uh the the, the old professor and his wife and, and and there's this conversation about again the ephemerality of time mm. about how like uh, like a sunrise and a sunset we just we appear and we disappear everything's ephemeral and she talks about she lost her husband and she's like, i can't really remember his face and and again, there's this, this sense, oh my God, like time passes and, and, and ages. And the whole thing undercutting before midnight is like, if the first one was like this romantic encounter that you just, you know, you, this, this brief encounter you have over 24 hours. And the second one is like, what have you got a second chance with the one that got mm. away? The third one is a much sort of deeper complex idea, yeah. which is, okay, you, you got it. You got the girl, but what now? Can you escape being the romantic, you know, the, the before sunrise opens with that middle-aged couple arguing. Mm. Can Jesse and Celine escape from being that that couple themselves? Just because they love each other and have that passion. That one's also like, okay, great. Now you're here. And what is love? Yeah, it's also like literally going to try and tell you what love is. And, and they so so just the main premise. I'll just get there is that yeah. um, uh, the professor they've booked Jesse and Celine an, an evening and in a hotel. The film starts when they start walking and talking. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. here we are. Yeah. We're back. <laughs> so they put them an evening in a hotel so they can spend some time to each other away from the kids. And they and they go okay, great. And they have this lovely like walking, talking, very Jesse and Celine chat mm. through uh, through the, the Grecian town, uh, Greek town, and. Um, they arrive at the hotel and there's the bit with the book signing and they go into the room and it's all going fine and they start to get intimate and then there's a call that uh, Henry calls Celine to say that he's arrived in London and he's, he's going to have a change in his flight and is flying home. And it's just like the slightest, slightest, like, like seems Celine is like half undressed and it's yeah. like the smallest of things and it just tips and then what you get for most of the rest of the film is this huge argument between Jesse and Celine, yeah. which is why the third one is often the most difficult to watch. But I will say also some of the most funniest lines are in the, yeah, in the third as well with the argument. And the argument is about aging. It's about- um, you, Where you should be. What's the, to do the right priority? Thing yeah. Like what, what, who are we and what do we want? Do, what, how come we don't know what we want? How come you don't yes. know exactly what I want? And even I'm not saying this. Well, you have said it. You've yeah. said it consistently over the years. And now it's like, yeah. you, you, it's all of a sudden those things you don't think are a problem in a relationship. And then all of a sudden it actually just catches up with you really quickly. And it's yeah. the biggest problem in the world. And it's like, um, also it gets deeper about like, well, 
you know, you you know, you had eyes for that other person that one time, and like yeah. I know that you went to that thing, and I didn't ask any questions, yeah. and both of them, um, and, and like this is more about the ending, but in a less you know complex film or in a simpler film, that fight would be the death ring of of most on screen relationships, yeah. but actually that is a really normal argument. It's a yeah. really like common thing to argue about, or it's a really I common really. way to argue. Well, I, I mean, think I mean, so. I, I agree. Common way to, it's common to, common to argue, but. I don't know, there's something about how it gets so vitriolic between them. Yeah. I mean, she walks out on him and says, I know what the problem is, I just don't love you anymore. Yeah. And he's he's sat alone with the wine that's unopened and it's like... The intimacy that kind of failed to happen. There's also this idea that when you're older, you have to like schedule your intimacy. Like we're going to go yeah. book a hotel so like we can have sex and yeah. probably just get away from our kids. There's another quote, which is really great. I can't remember which one this is from, which is, I think I can really fall in love when I know some I know everything about someone, the way he's going to part his hair, which shirt he's going to wear that day, knowing the exact story he'll tell in a given situation. I'm sure that's when I know I'm really in love. Wow. It's like the predictability of it. If that's gone, yeah. do you lose something? And they... And they almost like know each other too well. And Celine has this really funny line where she's like, now the only time where I get to have my own thoughts is when I take a shit. I'm starting to associate my own thoughts with the smell of shit. <laughs> um, and it's true. And there's the whole thing about like how, you know, she hates, understandably, that she's fallen mm. into like the typical maternal course, yeah. uh, role. You know, she's a, a strong feminist and she's annoyed that Jesse has uh, like, gets to be the writer, gets to be the creative and gets to be the fun father. Mm. And there's that tension there. And um it's again. It's all about time and getting older, and the mm. way the way it ends. Um, I'm sorry if I'm just. Over, by the way, did, did, did jump in at no, any no, point, no, but like, cool. you know, you have this argument, and then it ends with just Celine waiting on the river. Uh, on the, sorry, on the on the seafront uh, at, at a bar. She's fuming at, at sunset. At uh, with, uh, yeah, no, 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 no. The sunset's earlier on. Do you remember? Because oh, is... they're watching it. That's when he's like, oh, yeah, there it right, goes. Yeah. And then now it's you know it's before yeah. midnight. Yeah, yeah. And he walks up to her, and it's like Jesse has had to there's this thing about how Jesse uses fiction and he puts on this act basically. Mm. And he massively calls back to the first film when he's like, I'm a time traveler. Hi, I'm from summer of 94. You might remember me. Um, uh, I wanted to just to come and tell you that uh, I've got a time machine. And I'm going to here to save you from all the bullshit of life and all that stuff. Mm. And she, she hates it. She doesn't engage at all. And then he, so you've seen it more recently than me. So correct mm. me if I'm wrong, but then like he breaks and I love it. He like, puts his things down. He's like, I am giving you my whole life. I, yeah. I've got nothing else to give. And then like, she starts to engage back and they just uh, agree this little, they start to engage in a little fantasy, right? And it's almost like yeah. that. It's a bit like what happened with the White Lotus when we talked about that. Like you almost have to lie to yourself and have little fictions in order to, to, to sustain it. I don't know. How did you read that? It's, uh, it's like another, in so many ways, it's another ending. We're like, oh, I wonder what happens. Do they stay together? Do they move to America? Like, is that fight going to be the end of it? But it's kind of like, it, 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 we could make a fourth, right? You could, yes. You could make a fourth and pick up. But the message of it to me is that that, that they are in love. Yeah. And that love probably does exist, but it's really imperfect and it's always going to be flawed. And yes. you could pick up with these characters in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. And it won't get any better. And it won't get any better. It reminds you that we are, as people, still forever trying to remove the Disneyification of how we see our lives. Yeah. We're constantly picturing when we perceive our future to be, I'll have sorted it out by then. I'll yeah. be like, oh, I'll have sorted it. I'll be just be like, yeah, and I'll be older and everything will be fine. And that I'll have like my ending when really life, you mm -hmm. speak to anyone at any stage of life, you're always doing things, always fixing, always yeah. improving. And it's, you know, it's a relationship is not 
at least for me, my interpretation of these two, it's not defined by how much they fight or how different they are. It's the fact that they, you know, Jesse went to go back and try and fix it. Yeah. And that is the important yes. one. And he's like, I'm still, even though we think differently, he still wanted to come back to her and be with her. And he's like, I'm giving you my whole life. Is that not enough? Which is the most like romantic gesture oh, ever. Yeah, and, and also that idea that you, really just accumulate flaws throughout your whole life. Like, oh, there's yeah. Like, there's something about like the blank slate perfection of the first one. And then the second one, it's starting to creep in when it's like, okay, but he's married and they didn't meet up. And and then this one, it's like, well, there's so many things getting in the way that's just conflicting mm. on view. But I love how each one ends. You could argue that each one ends when you, and you don't know whether they're going to stay together. You don't yes, know whether they're going to be together. Every time. The first one ends, obviously we don't know whether they're going to see each other again. The second one ends, who knows? And the third one, yeah, they could easily fall apart. And, and it's like, there's another thing about relationships and marriage is that even if they're, they did they did break up, it doesn't mean that the relationship failed. Mm, it's like living, yes. living and ha raising kids and having 20 years of a relationship assuming it's happy. That's not a failed relationship. Mm. But I still think we perceive people who get divorced in their 50s yeah. and 60s as like a failed marriage. It's like, no, if you were together for 20 years, yeah. you raised family. Just because you fought, it doesn't mean that you lost something. Yeah. They probably experienced something incredible. Mm. And it's like such a mature and honest way to talk about people who are in love. It's yeah. not really, I don't think it's been captured in that way before. And it's just, I'm sure I'll have a new meaning for it maybe when I'm older and when I have kids. Well, that's, and that brings us to what, we kind of touched upon last year with the show, with, uh, with the, the, the the films, is that your experience with those films now will change because mm. those films not only age in time, we are going to get further and further away from when those films were made, but you change in time. So I remember, mm. you know, I was 20 when I watched the first one, so I had much more in common with the first yeah. one. And now I'm, you know, getting the, I'm now before sunset age, basically. Yeah. And I can see it now, you know, even though we can get a lot out of watching Before Midnight, I know the older I get, the more raw and real that that yeah. that, that film will be. And it's like when I saw it at Somerset House, when I got the bus home afterwards, there was people talking at the bus stop and they were saying, what did you think? And she was like, well, you know, when I was younger, I used to love the first one, but now I find them a little bit annoying and I actually relate mm. much more I to the- I Jesse especially a little bit annoying. Yeah, 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 it's fine. Like, like, uh, totally. Um, so on the whole- but sorry, I, in the yeah. third one, didn't find Jesse annoying. He's much no. like more grounded and, and sad and he's, he's so different to his original yeah. character, whereas Celine's much more consistent. Mm. I- um, so there you have it. So then we arrive at the end of this trilogy and you kind of look at it and like, it's a huge, what I love is, is that whole thing about time, like the ephemerality mm. of it, but also like the, the concept of time, like Linklater's study of time in this, for me is as interesting as any sci-fi, any fucking interstellar mm. or anything like that. Um, also, just on the Linklater point, he made these films, you know, he made the, the two, Before Sunset and Before Midnight and a couple of other films while he was making Boyhood in the background, which obviously is his other massive study of time. Like, yeah. like, Hats off to you, mate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, and Rich Linklater is a really interesting director. If anyone wants to like read up on him, because he's this whole like, he's, he's text and he's, he's got this kind of slacker. He obviously made the film Slacker and he has this whole kind of what he's like the college dorm mate you have yeah uh, or like the side character in a comedy who likes to read all night long and, and watch films but he's kind of like cool and but interesting yeah and you never expect to be a film director but mm. he is he is i, I you know I, I love him as an interesting like the way he talks and the way you know his approach stuff is, is brilliant um so on the whole you are really enjoyed i'm yeah, glad okay, yeah. i'm still process i still feel like the third film and the second and third film haven't really like rinsed off me yet mm. it's still like being processed and i think the one that sticks with me a lot is is the argument in three mm. and i'm like what what is that argument and the more i think about it i'm like that's not 
that's it's 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 a normal argument. Yeah. I, I, I don't think that is like the be all end all of them. Just how clever as well that the they know that the audience is looking for Jesse and Celine doing their walking and talking, which gives yeah. them a bit. Then it's like, yeah, but this is what really is going to happen. We're going to completely sub flip what you Lock think. Is and happen. all of a sudden, she decides that the hotel room is disgusting. Yeah. I hate hotel rooms. They're awful. He's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, oh, it's kind of nice. Like, but if you have an argument with the room, it's like. I love the thing that gets smashed. And he's like, you are the mayor of crazy town right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the classic, like calling a feminist a neurotic woman. Like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, you've gone down. Um, yeah, my main point is that leaving that, I was like, I need to go back and watch the cover shot, not cover shots, but like the other, the reaction to the people who are talking. Because mm. I feel like I've definitely only seen 50% of them. There's, um, there are so many... Um, but if you want to like explore more about this, there's just so many callbacks and like, links between the two. Like I said, like the whole idea of time travel and memory, and like you realise they are stitching together this story. And why I think um, what I love about the, this as a trilogy is that an unintentional trilogy, like I said before, that he was yes. intending to make, yeah. is actually it, it's almost um, it's not a trilogy; it's a triptych for me. It's one story told across three films. Isn't that yeah. amazing? It's like it's I don't look at it as three distinct things. It's like no, it's it's part one, part two, part three. Yeah. And, and it's only in the three of them clicking together. And it's like, I'll never, I'll never know what it was like to know before sunrise on its own, like you were saying. Yeah, or yeah. Before sunrise, before sunset on its own. They'll always have, they have only ever been a trilogy for me. But together you see that because before sunset makes before sunrise more interesting and before midnight makes before the previous two more mm. All of them are, it, it raises the value and intrigue of both all those films together. The meaning is like heightened when you have a. a I'd trilogy. kill to see discussions of like the three because I know that uh, 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 Ethan Hawke and um, Judy Delpy, Judy Delpy will have writing credits on two and three. I would have loved to have seen them workshopping scenes like the car scene in three. Like when when you're showing them that oh they actually have been they are together and they do have kids. The authenticity of how they engage with each other felt so real. Yeah, it's very obvious to say that it's very realistic grounded films, but them like talking about just yeah. their problems and the clothes they're wearing and how they interact with their kids. I was like, I really believe that these characters, I say it all the time, yeah. exist outside of the frame of the film you're watching. That to me is like, mm. I believe that like when I look away, they're still cracking on. I believe that right now it's been <laughs> yeah. 10 years yeah, and there's somewhere, yeah. out there. I don't know what's going on, but yeah. I believe they're out there somewhere. Yeah. Um, it's such a great feeling. Oh, watch it with a partner if you can. Yes. Or well, a friend, I, could or you, even a friend you'd you, for you. Yeah. The, um, just think about uh, uh, the, the writing process, but all the Linklater stuff, when the dialogue looks this natural, looks this casual, you almost want to say this is improvised, but it's not. It's the opposite. No. It's like actually they probably the rehearse. They rehearse a lot of it, and then they they get in and they and they hone that. And obviously, in the writing process as well, you've got this synergy between acting and writing, and then they get on screen. But I wanted to bring up my fandom here just mm. because while we're talking about it, I mean, sorry if you're listening to this, I will try and audio describe it. The first is my slightly faded uh, Criterion Collection. Uh, version of the before trilogy. Which was I, I there was, when you got gifted this? You were. Yes. My, my girlfriend gave me this, and I and I say this to her now, and I say it, I, I, I say it now. This is probably the best thing I own. Okay, this May is I, my with uh, gloves. May absolutely. Um, so for our, this is not an ad for the Criterion Collection. Uh, this is the before trilogy featuring all three inside beautifully. Uh, it looks like together. an old CD collection from. Um, with beautifully like oil paintings yes. of the uh, so you get the these films. three distinct uh, covers for each single one. Each one having different bonus features. The cover on. looking like a sort of tea-stained egg yolk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you have inside a, oh, a booklet, gorgeous black and white, and this booklet, still. which look, you open it up, and it's got the before trilogy, and you have on the first one, it's got you know. Um, 
before sunset and before sunrise and all the cast of players. just get disc and dip it in avocado. <laughs> <laughs> and you have an essay that comes with it. And uh, what I love about this Criterion uh, collection of these three films together is what I love about... Um, well, I mean, like all, all criteria and stuff, but it's it's that they have paid, they have taken as much care and detail with these films. They clearly mm. care about these films as much as I do, and it's so nice to physically, tangibly oh. hold something. Something we have really lost in. Look, the digital age is in so many ways more convenient, easier, cheaper. How do you think people listen to the show? <laughs> yeah, you know, buying our VHS. But we have lost so much yeah. to do with physically holding something and being able to flick through. Like for me, it was games. When you used to buy a game and you would have the manual and I'd pop the disc open and I would like look through just the instructions. Yeah. And now like you don't get any of that. And it's, it's a shame. Like beautifully presented packages of films that make you feel like you've really done so, something special by watching it is always lovely. So I wanted to bring that because I wanted to be like, this is how much I love these films. I treasure this Criterion copy of it. And it sits very uh, proudly on George's shelf in his bedroom. Yep, if, me, you go, uh, if you ever get the chance to go to George's house. That's my living room, actually. Oh, and, oh it's graduated. Uh, it's he up there with the Tarkovsky. All yes. the, it's, on the, it's on the film shelf with all my other Criterion. Yeah, we should do a Tarkovsky one. I'd I, should, I should just do like, a, hey, welcome to my crib. This is my uh, Oh, you want to read something? Oh, yeah, just this shelf over here. I also brought with me the screenplay of Before Sunrise and Before Sunset, which you can buy as one whole booklet. And I have my bookmark in there from where I got, I clearly got into the reading read Before Sunset. <laughs> There's dialogue in there that didn't make it into the film, but oh, I'd love to, it'd be a great because it's, read. Yeah, because it's so dexterous. Um, I love it. Look, I think I, it, what, when I talk about these films, like it is like the apex, like core thing for me. It reminds mm. me of like why I like cinema and why I love it. Because when I watch these films, when I talk about these films, I like, I just go somewhere else. It is like sublime. I'm not on this ethereal plane anymore. I am mm. somewhere else. And uh, in, it, it, I, I just, my, my heart soars when I watch these films and I am, I'm beaming. I just- I also think they're good to recommend. They're good, they're good for, they're very approachable for almost anyone. Yes. They're, they're nice and short. I think like it's like yeah. digestible chapters. Yes. It's very easy to be like, oh, watch. It's not like some wanky, Three and a half hour. No, yeah. It's not like uh, Brussels. What was it? Gene Dealman. Oh, Gene Dealman. Yeah, yeah, Which was the number one film according to the You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that, yeah. We looked at that. I'm like, I'm not sure I fancy it, even but though it's the number you're one. You're right. I mean, like, that's why I, 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 ever since I've been known these films, I've always been recommending to them, like I have done on this show. Mm. And it, because, yeah, because they're chopped, they're, in, they're intelligent, they're interesting, Dense. they're full of they creative ideas. over time, as yes. you do. And, but they are accessible. They're, they're, it's just two people talking. And yeah. that is like, it's pure cinema for me. It, as much as Christopher Nolan rendering a black hole. Also, it's rare for someone to say like, oh, this romance film. Yes. Not to reduce yes. that. Like this romance film is actually my favorite. It's not like, mm. you know, deep sci-fi or 2001 yeah. or like Citizen Kane. It, or Psycho. It's like, it's actually quite unorthodox yes. to be saying like, these are actually some of the most special films to me. Yeah. That's why. And also, and I just noticed now you're talking about the patina of time and that's what's happened with them being sat on my bookcase because I have that facing outwards. Yes. I have it fading out, facing outwards because I like to look at the front cover and that has, I can see it faded. But look at the number, the, the rating. That's all smoking. The colours are out of it. <laughs> anyway, um, that was our overview and our sort of dissection of the before films. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you've seen them. I hope you have some thoughts on them. Please let us know. And if you do, as a result of this podcast, go and watch them based on our recommendation, please let us know what you thought. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I would personally love it. I'm happy for them not to make any more. I'm happy with that. It's yeah. a perfect thing. Like the Toy Stories. I would have loved it if they kept it at three. Mm, you me know? too. They could easily make another one, but I'm, I'm happy for them to keep it like that. 
James, do you have anything else to say about the films before we sign off? I really enjoyed them. I can't wait to watch. I want. I can't wait to re-watch them and see the fifty percent. I feel like I've missed. Fantastic. I. I'm. Thank you again for going to watch them. I really no. appreciate it. And okay. now, whenever we go, whenever we watch them in the future, we have this thing. I can refer to it and say, James, you've seen them in now. The films. Um, thank you very much for listening to this bonus episode of uh, Pulp Kitchen. Let us know if you would like us to do this for another sequence series, couple yes. of films, or a couple of films from a director's work. We've mm. mentioned trying to maybe do something on Tarkovsky if we can find the time, or another director, or maybe like one of our black holes, black holes, one of our uh, gaps uh, blind spots. Our blind spots. Yeah. <laughs> see what I did there? Um, uh, and we'd love to do them if we've got the time and we can sit down and have this conversation. But as always, thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much. Thank you, and see you with our normal episode next week. Fablemans, Babylon next week for the next episode. Time to get excited. Goodbye. See you next week.